Hey, did I ever tell you about the race where I was beaten by a guy dressed as a nun? You didn't tell me about that. What happened? I really should. Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... You go through various phases when an injury strikes. It might be... <laughs> denial. Uh, denial. <laughs> yeah, exactly, denial. the classic. I'm, 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 not I'm fine. <laughs> your femur is sticking out of your leg. I think you are injured. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome back to another episode of the Running With Jake podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lowe. I am a running coach and I love motivating, inspiring other people to get out there, get themselves feeling better. This is awesome for me. If you're new to the show, I am very used to working with people on a a one-to-one basis more often than not. But actually, the podcast gives me the opportunity to spread that message far and wide. So welcome if this is your first time. If it is your first time, check out today's episode. If you like it, we've got an absolute stonking show lined up for you, then please, we would greatly appreciate it if you would take a moment to rate and review the show. This is something that's very important to us. I appreciate it's not always so easy. We say that we're going to rate things and we don't always do it. Life gets in the way. We're so busy. Unless, of course, something's completely nutterly pants and then we're on it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How true is that? Seriously. I've got like a hundred reviews where I've, I've really enjoyed things and I've just thought, oh God, I really need to review that. But I've, I've never got around to it. Um, I'm looking through some, I've heard podcasts do this kind of thing where they look through reviews and then they read the reviews out. But that always makes me cringe. Um, so I'm not going to do that. But what what I would say is David C79 has reviewed us on Apple. He said he loves the banter on this podcast. There's another person who mentions there's hang on, Low Rider83 mentions the banter. Uh, Angel Faith07 mentions banter between you and I. And it's always described as top quality banter, love the banter, yada yada yada. All I'd say is as far as banter's concerned, you've got a pretty low threshold. Because I've heard banter loads better than this. Seriously, this is this is this is below average at best. Yeah, this is nothing. This is nothing. We look. We pride. We pride ourselves on credibility. We bring you the best guests from all walks of life, all over the globe. That's what we want to do. We want to help you to run. We want to motivate, inspire you. The banter. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. That's something that we definitely need to work on. Yeah, the banter is below average at best. There's absolutely no doubt about well, it. Well, I tell you, one person who we have touched, who is in the far corners of the globe, she is in Maryland in America. Nice is Amanda. Yeah, she's awesome. Amanda's reached out. She's rated the show. She loves Mm. it. She's on episode... Well, she was on episode five when she first got in contact with me. We're actually going to be doing a little bit of work together. She wants some help with her coaching. I tell you something, we've exchanged a few messages. She is so fired up. So when I first spoke to her, she was on episode five. I then spoke to her like a few days later and she was on episode 15. Episode 15, she's, pro- I mean, she's probably caught up by now. She's probably up to date. Wow. I have a sneaky suspicion she's going to set up her own motivating running podcast. I mean, listen to this message that she sent me. I'm really excited. I can't wait. I actually have a Strava. A couple of my friends use it. Um, so I downloaded Strava to log my run last night. And when I was looking at the data, I'm like, holy crap, that is not okay. Like, I was so much better a year ago. <laughs> like, what, what the heck happened, man? Like... That's why I'm like, all right, want to touch base again, see where we're at, because I really want to improve. I really want to get back. Um, I can't wait, man. I mean, how fired up Wow, she? completely fired up. And I didn't know when she went holy, I didn't know if she was going with crap, with shit, 
or with uh, with her being an American and only Americans can get away with it. Cow. I thought she may go with a holy cow. Only on The Simpsons, my friend. She sent me another message. She actually found us through the podcast. So excited. I'll keep uh, binge listening to the podcast. Uh, get more inspired. Get more pumped up. Get more motivated. You know, get some tips and tricks. I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm ready. She is positive like only an American could be positive. That's really good. Although, to be fair, she's from Maryland, which is the home of the cookies. So who wouldn't be excited about that? What a great person to be working mm. with. I mean, that's what you want as a coach. Somebody that is really up for it. Okay, they're not necessarily happy with where they are right now. That's fine. That's okay. Because as a coach, the job is to take somebody from point A to point B. It doesn't matter where point A is. It just matters that you actually know where it is. Obviously, in this case, Amanda's quite frustrated about where she is and she wants to move forward. But she's just so up for it. It's amazing. That's absolutely brilliant and it's testament to the work that you do, to be fair, because you are uh, very motivational and it's great that she found you and now she's gone, right, do you know what, I'm really going to pick it up and I'm going to work with Jake and do that. So that's brilliant, mate. That absolutely, you know, top top marks, top marks. Yeah. Uh, You know, in all honesty, being completely honest, that isn't entirely down to me. In fact, I don't think it's down to me at all. Right. It's you. Me? You you have inspired Amanda to get going and want to improve and want to move forward and get back into her running because she used to run and then she kind of lost it a bit lost her love and it's you it's not me it's not me it's you do you know, I, I never, I must admit, that's, a, that's, a, that's really positive. That's really great. And, and um, when, I, when I started producing this podcast, at no point did I think that I'd be the one inspiring people. And that's, um, I know, I've, I've only, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever inspired anyone in my life. So this is, um, it's actually a really special time. This is brilliant. But you were the non-running guy and to, to, to get into a bit of running, which yeah. you have done of late, regular listeners to the show will know that. It's, it's just amazing. And clearly you're, you're, you know, you are reaching out and inspiring others, mate. That's just amazing stuff. I'm a bit choked, a bit choked up, to be fair. Do you want me to play you the message she, she sent me? She sent me another message and she mentions you. Mate, it made me cry. It made me cry, I'm telling you now. Do you want me to play it? Yeah, play Yeah, of course I want to hear it, yeah. What actually got me going, and you could tell Pete the producer this, Wow. was actually listening to the episode Wow. going into work, and I was like, you know what? Pete's not a runner, but I'm a runner. Pete can do it, and he didn't have excuses, so why am I making excuses for myself? I'm like, you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to do a dry run and see where I'm at. So Pete actually did that for me. So there you have it. (laughs) Okay. So it turns out, (laughs) yes, I did motivate her, but only through being a big, fat, grey-haired, middle-aged fool who doesn't run did I motivate her. Because she's just thinking, if Pete can do it, I can do it. (laughs) That's fine. I'll take that. I'll take that. She didn't say those words. It sounds like the ending of a Rocky movie. If Pete can do it, (laughs) you can do it. Everybody can do it. (laughs) Tell me about that nun now. I'll tell you about the nun later. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. I am very excited about our next guest. I'm not making this up. I'm very excited. Didn't sleep last night at all. We are speaking to Jeanette Lewis, who's a lecturer in sports therapy and rehabilitation. Super passionate, super fired up. She is the perfect guest for the Running With Jake podcast, which is your weekly dose of running motivation. Did you like that intro, Jeanette? It's great to talk to you. I loved it, thank you. Yes, love that. You're up for it today, are you? 
Good luck shutting me up. I, I did I did warn Pete about this, that Jeanette is really up for it and we may have... We, we kind of need some kind of bell when your time's up or something, or like a trap door where we just press a button. <laughs> to be fair, I've got a thing here. It's in case anyone in the house gets coronavirus and if they need some kind of service, uh, they can have it next to their bed and they can give it one of them. But I, Perfect. I, I, it looks better than it sounds, to be fair. It looks okay, but it's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty pathetic. But See better me- days. That means, Jeanette, shut up. We're bored now. That's what that means. Okay, I understand that. That's perfect. <laughs> you should give my husband one of those. He'd love that. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> more tea, more tea, more tea. So, Jeanette, how are you? We know it's a crazy world, 2020. We had a quick chat it the is. other day, didn't we? And you, you actually, I was impressed because you were seeing kind of the positives from this bizarre situation we're all in, kind of hoping some good's going to come out of it. How are things for you? Obviously, teaching students must be difficult, right? Can't do that face-to-face. What's going on? Yeah, we're missing the face-to-face stuff quite a lot at the moment. Obviously, teaching what we do, it's a very hands-on course. It's a very... Um, well, it's just in person. You want to be with the people. You want to be there assessing people together. You don't want to have to be doing it remotely. And that's meaning that we're having to just come up with new ways of doing what we've always done. It's good because we're having to diversify. We're having to think outside the box a little bit. And I think long term, our students will come out with some really good skills. I think we're going to be cutting edge with some of the things that we're going to be doing over the next few months. And they'll be at the forefront of that, having got experience in it. And I think that's a positive. I'm trying to urge everyone I come into contact just try and think of you know in a few months time things could be different and just be really positive if you can be because I think it helps with your your mindset if you can try and focus on those positives where possible really. I know you are super passionate about injury and prevention of injury let's be honest the psychology behind it which I really want to get into we talk about that a lot on this show actually Jeanette you know the, the psychology behind training running performing pressure all those things we love all that but I know you're all into kind of educating people as well educating patients helping people that are injured to understand why you are asking them to do certain things and certain exercises to help their kind of their kind of rehab process we talk about injury a lot on the show for obvious reasons it's running the sheer nature of the impact and the repetitive nature of it means unfortunately lots of people get injured uh, and that they are bears with sore heads so well, what's your kind of process you know when you you deal you're dealing with somebody and somebody comes to you and they said oh i'm injured i've got this where, where do you kind of start with things do you look at the injury do you try and find the root cause do you, do you scale things back do you have kind of a, a process that you follow and and is that what you kind of educate your your students to do as well yeah well we try and have a process because i think when you learn anything you need to have a bare uh, like the bare bones of it so you need to have the framework there in order to then build on it the students like that because it means that they can learn a process and then they can apply it but what i would say as they then develop those skills we try and say to them please remember that every single athlete or every single individual you're going to work with they're going to be completely different so you could never really apply a framework to any one person you've got to be flexible you've got to be adaptable you've got to be able to think outside the box pretty much the same as what we're having to do across everything every single industry at the moment is having to be creative and we try and bring that into how we teach or I particularly bring it into my teaching style because I want them to be adaptable I don't want them to have one process and then if that doesn't work oh I'm sorry I'm out of ideas listen to what your athlete's telling you and if they feel that you are listening to them and you're actively listening then you're going to build that rapport and rapport is something I hugely emphasize in my teaching because I think if you don't have that rapport 
then they're not going to buy into the process. They're not going to trust you. And ultimately, they're maybe not going to then take your advice and start taking responsibility for the recovery. It is that rapport and, and that empathy as well, because let's let's face it, when the students that you teach go into the bigger, wider world to help patients with various sporting injuries, whether they're professional, recreational, they're dealing with people that don't really want to have that kind of relationship with them. They're injured. They don't want to be spending money on being fixed because it's never a fun, a fun purchase, is it? And they yeah. need that support, that rapport, that connection. They want to feel like... Like people care. I know as a coach, some of my runners that, that pick up injuries and they, of course, naturally as a coach, they talk to me about their injury. I can't fix every injury. Of course, I'm not a sports therapist. I, I speak to professionals like yourself, but they want to know that I care and that I'm listening to them because it isn't an easy fix, is it? I mean, I'm sure you guys would love to just go, brilliant. Here's the magic pill. Here's the magic solution. Here's the golden exercise, that yeah. ticket that's going to just help you all of a sudden run well again. And it, of course, it can't work like that. Do What's the yeah. most common injuries that you tend to see? Do you have um, kind of like a collection of like, oh, here, it's this again? We don't have, to be honest, uh, we've been quite lucky actually with, with our clinic, we've, um, we, te- we really treat staff and students across campus at the moment. We're not external facing. So I suppose in that sense, we are slightly limited, but we do see a whole diverse range of injuries. We've, we've seen things from plantar fasciitis, so problems in the feet, all the way up to um, lower back problems, people with, you know, they've been sitting still too long, feeling a lot of stiffness, reduced range, that sort of thing. But I suppose from a student's point of view, it's fantastic because we're not getting the same types of injuries coming through. So they're getting a real experience of a diverse range. We're not dealing with just elite athletes. We're dealing with everyday people that just want to either regain some range of motion, get back to functional functional activities, you know, being able to wash your own hair if you've got an overhead arm issue, you know, just really simple things. We just want to help them feel better. Um, and make those small steps towards progress but you know as you said before set realistic expectations so how long might this take and educate them in that this could be quite a long process it's i'm going to need to see you a bit regularly and you know almost make a bit of a joke of it we're going to become quite good friends throughout this process but i'm here to help you and give them loads of reassurance as well obviously yeah. nobody ever wants to be injured uh, but just no. one thing that you said there uh, <laughs> rang rang true with me and um, if i could have an injury that meant that somebody else washed my hair i'd be well up for that i love it <laughs> oh it's the best thing it's the best thing just to relax and have your hair washed oh, it's love that. lovely it is lovely i think actually though when you've got a shoulder injury that would be probably quite demoralizing you'd be like no don't do it i want to be able to do it possibly i don't know i'm not sure you found a positive in injury there pete i'm really impressed with that this is your running weekly dose of running motivation you you touch on uh like people sitting down a lot for example i know that i do that a lot at the moment especially this year lots of people working from home where do you sit on the whole sort of prehab side of things because this is uh, correct me if I'm wrong but it's a relatively kind of new term that people are more familiar with I think of recent years prehab you know the idea to prevent the injury from occurring in the first place obviously you can't prevent every single injury but depending on your sport so here we're talking running there may be certain things that are actually beneficial for you to be doing as a as a as a regular routine to avoid certain common running injuries do you think that prehab is an important thing? Is it something you teach with your students? Is it something you encourage? Where do you where do you sit on that? Prehabilitation is so massively important. It's going to take off. I think it's becoming 
uh, more apparent. I think people are taking more responsibility for themselves. If you're a runner, if you do these long distances, to take that responsibility for that lower limb stability. So have you got a good balance? If you were asked to do a single leg balance on a left and a right foot for 30 seconds, would they be equal or would you have one leg that was massively, um, massively wobbling? You know, could you do something about that? And if that's the case, have you got an interest in that? Could we look at other ways to try and improve your stability and try and keep it fun at the same time? So I think people, when they hear the word rehabilitation, like you were saying, Pete, nobody wants to be injured. But yet, un- unfortunately, if you're active, if you are well, just daily living, you can get injured. You don't even have to be doing sport. But it's an inevitable part of this journey and just being aware of that and doing something about it before it happens. I think it's a fantastic approach to, to take to your training because it means if anything did happen, you're going to be in a better starting point for your recovery. You're going to understand what, what those joints involve and what you can do to, to make them a bit stronger and, and try and prevent things from going badly wrong. We want to fix people, we want to help people, we want people to get more out of their lives. And if they choose to run, this happens to be a running podcast, then that's what we're all about. We want people to enjoy the sport, you know. But it's almost like about embracing the whole thing and the bigger picture and embracing the possibility of injury would would you agree with that because we know that there is yeah. a chance that you can get injured and i think we're talking about the prehabilitation side of stuff now but almost being okay pragmatic so we go right i'm going to do this single leg balance work i'm going to do some core work i'm going to work on my glutes because i know typically runners yeah. have weak glutes blah 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 but almost having a well in the event that this happens how am i going to deal with that how am i going to process that and i think and i'm interested to get your view on this a large part of that is the acceptance of the time it takes you've already touched on this do you think it's important for the individual that's injured to give themselves almost a time frame now i know we're talking about we can't pinpoint a specific injury here but things aren't an overnight fix in many cases what's your view on that kind of the bigger picture you know a lot of people are training towards events of course not so much now 2020 but normally and there's that pressure oh i've got to be recovered because i I need to run because i've got this event i've signed up for it i paid money i want the t-shirt my friends are doing it but sometimes i think you need to go well this is probably going to take a big period of time what's your advice on managing that time frame for for individual for individuals yeah well that that's one of the core things we teach in one of our first year modules on the course and we talk about the continuum of healing because as i touched on earlier everybody's an individual so your healing rate would be completely different to mine different to Pete's different to every single person in your running club and that continuum can move forwards and backwards and people understanding that as well it's not just a day one I'm in bleeding phase day two I'm in inflammation day three I repair day four I'm back and I'm I'm fully regenerated to where I was before those continuums can take up to 18 months if not longer if, if it's a large injury lots of different factors can come into play so how is their sleep how is their nutrition look at the main pillars of health as we like to call them something else I really talk about with an athlete if I'm trying to explain to them about a the duration of their recovery I like to talk about like a toolkit that they can use so if this happens say this is worst case scenario you're gonna you have an inversion sprain it's a light sprain it's not going to be um, you can slightly put weight through it, but you don't feel you could then fully weight bear and run on it for the next few days. What am I going to do about it? What can I do that's absolutely crucial in that first 24 hours? So teaching um, people to be proactive in that sort of approach. So if I if I do get injured, I know that I need to apply ice. It's going to reduce the pain. It's going to optimise inflammation. So let the body do what it needs to do. But we're going to try not to let it get exasperated. So I'm not going to try and weight bear on it too much. I am going to protect it. I 
am going to elevate it if I can, if I'm sat still. So just having these little things in that toolkit. So say an injury should happen to be really proactive and know, okay, I know what I need to do with that. And some of these principles you can apply to any injury in the body. Absolutely anything you, you get and you, you experience, you would then apply those theories to it and try and optimise that inflammation but not let it get exasperated. That initial period in, a, in an acute injury is, is really key, isn't it? That you know what That's to it. do in that situation. And, and of course, if you yeah. touch on a lot of the kind of basic principles are the same irrespective of the support, uh, the support rather, so the inflammation and, and, and going through the various phases. I think it's great. And that toolbox, you've got somewhere to go. I find that people yeah. like a plan. They like to know what to do. And when something is taken away from them and it's, it's something that isn't something they have to do i.e it's a hobby it's an activity they want to engage in whether that's football whether it's running when that's taken away it's like oh my gosh what do i do i I just i feel like i'm sinking i don't know what to turn to this leads us nicely onto the psychological impact that injury can have because i'm really sort of interested in this side of stuff and to get your view Mm. do you think it's important you talk about a toolbox do you think it's important that people have other things in their life that bring them joy if running is their sole focus is what i do to release uh, give me that release after a day at work it's what i do to increase my fitness it's what i love it's how i spend my social time if that's taken away and there's a period of rehabilitation what do they then turn to what's your view on that and the impact it can have on the psychology of an athlete understanding how much of a role that exercise or that sport plays in their life is is absolutely fundamental because we need to know about what are you going to do with your free time how else are you going to like you say how are you going to find enjoyment in other activities what are your other interests what did you do before you ran because when you're a teenager or maybe a young adult maybe you didn't run maybe you did other things that you could do that you could maybe pick back up or you know, encourage them to have a look at, at other forms of exercise. Remember, just because you can't run doesn't mean, well, maybe at the moment it does mean you can't go swimming, but you might be able to swim. You might be able to do other things, so upper body exercises or find other ways of getting those endorphins because I think the endorphin levels are so so paramount when you're a runner. You, you love it. You almost become dependent on that lovely feeling of, okay, I'm out there, I'm exercising, I'm doing what I do. And when that's taken away, that's that's very, very difficult and people You've got to replace a, it. Yeah. You have. And I think it has a huge mood disturbance for people. And there's a lots of things that we would in, investigate further through questions and really chatting through things with our with our athletes. Remember, we're not trained specifically in psychological interventions. So at times it would involve referring them on to someone who maybe would be more specialist. So they might need to talk to a counsellor if they've had a major injury. They may need to speak to the head coaches if they've got a team around them, if they're part of a, a group or they've got a network then we try and encourage them to reach out to people and, and tell them how they're feeling and see if they can get support from other sources as well. The psychological and the physical are so closely linked, you can't separate them. They're just one thing. It's well-being. It's it's who you are. It's part of you. Um, and it's amazing how some people don't actually realise that until you become injured. Um, and then you start having these conversations and you realise, gosh, this is having such an impact on me, on all sense of my being. I love sports therapy because you're just going to have such diverse conversations and have such major impact on people's lives and it it just brings me so much joy to be able to help people it's it's great and I, I I this is what I try and get across to my students that we are privileged to do this as a job there's a lot of other jobs out there that you wouldn't get this sort of satisfaction with and 
it's it's just great. I just love it. I absolutely love it. As you can probably tell, that comes across clearly. I mean, the, the the fact that you're helping somebody do what they want to do and do it well, safely, healthily, and get so much joy out of that sport is just a wonderful feeling for you, isn't it? There's yeah. nothing to 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 not love about that. You must see different people that deal with things in different ways. I, I see it oh, yeah. myself with people that are injured and some people will say, right, okay, I've got an injury, but you know what I'm going to do under normal circumstances? I'm going to go and marshal at the park run on a Saturday. I'm going to encourage other people in various running Facebook groups. They throw themselves into it. They shift the focus, whereas other people, they retract completely. They'll yeah. close their social accounts. They won't get involved in their running club. It's not because they don't care about other people. It's just their way of dealing with it. It's just the fact that this is taken away from them and they hate it and they just want to wash their hands of all things running. Do you find that personality does have a massive uh, impact on how somebody processes and therefore recovers from these injuries? Yeah, we do. And I think respecting those individualities, so... It was for me sometimes it's very difficult for me to not realize like why, how can you not see a positive how can you not be an optimist about this this because it for me it's come so naturally I just naturally I've got an over brimming cup it's never half full doesn't matter what it is and it's very annoying to my family and friends I'm sure but I try and find <laughs> the the optimistic angle but when I'm in a therapy so when I'm in a sports therapy situation listening to those to that individual and, and recognising, okay, you maybe are not going to deal with it the same as I would, and that's absolutely fine. You will do what is best for you. Um, people are very self-limiting in the fact that you know what you need to do to make yourself better. We maybe assist along the way a little bit, but actually you already know a lot of the things you need to know, and we're just reinforcing those messages. But trying to not force people into certain categories, try not to recommend the same thing to everyone recognize that everybody's so different and that's why these conversations are, are crucial at the beginning and, and recognizing you know what so social support do you have are you part of a running group or are you a lone athlete do you prefer to run alone and if that's the case you know how are they going to deal with those situations where maybe they're not getting out and about maybe they are more isolated and how can we support them in other ways what are the sort of things that they would be open to so could, are they really ready to take suggestions on board because some athletes will not be at that point they will just want to listen to you they maybe would nod but you think mm, they're probably not going to follow any of this advice they're not quite at that point but they may come back later there's a healing process isn't there i know this as, as somebody that's been injured many times throughout sort of my my running uh, and even before then that you, you go through various phases when an injury strikes it might be <laughs> denial. Uh, denial yeah denial. exactly the classic i'm i'm i'm, I'm, not I'm fine <laughs> your femur is sticking out of your leg i think you are injured yeah but you go through one. that denial and then you accept it and then you have to process it and then you start to get pragmatic and think right how can i fix this and then yeah. you have to apply some patience and there's all these different elements and i i personally believe it's important not to miss out any of those elements of course if you can avoid burying your head in the sand for a, a year or two, then that's a good thing. You know, try and come out of that kind of phase quite quickly. But but it's okay to be a bit of a bear with a sore head because, you know what, you missed out on a race yeah. that you were training for for six months. You're entitled yeah. to feel a bit bummed out by that, you know. Absolutely. And it's people like, like you and sports therapists and, and coaches like myself that really need to make that switch from the physical side of stuff initially to actually let's look after you as an individual because yeah. you're not in a particularly healthy place psychologically at the moment, yeah. which I do think is is really important. But talking of a shift in focus, 
that must be difficult as well because runners go from I've got this target it's it's almost tangible I can see it I can feel it I want to achieve 60 minutes in a 10k then they're injured in the mind they've still got this target oh my gosh I've got I want to achieve this but actually having that shift to well do you know what now my goal is to balance on one leg for 60 seconds when I can do that I'm going to do it with my eyes closed how do you encourage that with different individuals to get them to adhere to their program i know that's something you're passionate about but their rehab program what 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 sort of things do you bring into their into their conditioning their rehab to try and help them do it so early doors first thing i would do is well not the first thing but as part of the early stage i would discuss their goals so yeah recognize the things that they're not going to be able to achieve be realistic with them i think one of the ways I always bring it into my communication with people is you've got to be honest. If I start promising things and they don't achieve it, ultimately they're going to resent me for that information. So be really realistic. And sometimes that isn't well received, I have to say, Jake. It's They may look at me and think, well, that's really excessive. I want to get a second opinion. And that's absolutely fine. But if I'm educating them about their injury, if I'm telling them, look, this is a tendon, this is going to need loading over time, it has a poor blood supply, you're not going to be recovering as quick as if this was a muscular strain, this is a different structure in the body and usually I have to say education wins because if you are bringing contemporary information, up to date techniques, up to date um, treatment to your patient, if you're explaining look this is what we currently do in the industry and that's backed up with evidence based practice, they can't argue with that you can't argue with what works and these are the statistics for someone with this injury this is typically how long it may take and I always try and finish as I always say with a bit of optimism so you may not take this long which would be amazing let's say there's people listening to this now that are currently injured they're sidelined but they're not of the personality type where they've washed the hands of everything including the running reject podcast they're still listening they're still engaging in running Good. but they're starting <laughs> to lose hope on the rehab they're starting to lose hope that they will ever get back running pain free we're not talking about a specific injury here obviously Jeanette okay what advice would you give to people that are feeling like that the first thing I would say is you shouldn't be living with pain pain is not something we should accept I must say that I don't know a hundred a thousand times a year I'm not a fan of pain pain is a normal response of the body to tell you something is wrong something needs to change and whether we accept that listen to it and do something about it that's a that's an emotion that we can then recognize but what a lot of people do is block that that receptor and say i'm not listening to that right now i'm not listening to it so the first thing i would do is i would start addressing that pain how bad is my pain do i need to keep a pain diary how much pain relief am i on am i becoming dependent on certain pain reliefs um, at certain times of the day am i struggling to sleep and start being reflective in that sense and asking myself some questions My second piece of advice would be to reach out to someone who's maybe feeling similar. So what you've got is such a lovely community of people that listen to these podcasts and and hopefully they will be there to support each other, whether that's virtually or in the forums or, you know, over these sorts of mediums where you're chatting over the internet. But just try and reach out to someone, explain to them how you're feeling and guaranteed there'll always be someone who's been in a similar situation that might be able to offer that lovely you know that just that empathetic ear and say I, I can understand how you might be feeling and 
what have you tried this have you tried that and sometimes just actually talking to someone about something makes you feel better you know when yeah. somebody feels right so right i'm recovered i feel okay the shin splints i don't i, don't, I wake up in the morning i don't feel it anymore wow do they <laughs> just get back to normal when do they do they give it more time is that a wise thing to do do you have any kind of pragmatic sort of black and white rules i guess or guidelines that you would recommend somebody uh practice I have a really simple rule, which I try and keep things simple because I think people might remember it. Because if I go too complicated, people go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just kind of forget what I've said. My first rule is if it hurts, stop. That is all you need to remember. So if you're going to restart, generally... Your individuals that are wanting to return to sport, they will be asking lots of complex questions. So how far can I run? Am I allowed to do it on, on an incline or should I keep it on the flat? Can I take any weight with me? Should I carry a backpack? Do I need to have regular breaks? Should I be walking and then running? All these types of questions. Now, the simple answer to that is if it starts hurting, listen to your body. Stop straight away. Pain is the receptor of the brain saying, stop, stop, stop. You need to stop what you're doing. I'm not happy with you right now. So if that kicks in after half a mile, you stop. If it kicks in after a mile, you stop. But you just listen to your body. Don't push it too much too soon. But remember, as you're returning, every physical piece of activity that you do, that's a positive. You're back towards activity, so that's great. But just take it slowly and really listen to your body. So not try not to rush things. Because I know what it's like. Things stop hurting, you get overexcited, and you just try and go back to where you were just before you got injured. Unfortunately, that's what keeps us busy in clinic because people do do that on repeat. But if you listen to your body, you know, it should... Your body will tell you what to do most of the time. It's very, very clever. Gina, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I love your passion. I love your enthusiasm. You. I love your knowledge. I could pick your brains all day long. Before you go, tell me a little bit about the student-led sports injury clinic that you have set up. This is your baby at the University of Derby. It's my little baby, And this yeah. is something that the, the general public may be able to get involved in in the hopefully not-too-distant future. Just tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we set it up in um, August. We've set it up as a trial, actually, just for staff and students. See what kind of uptake we've got, because ultimately, till you set something like this up, you don't know whether anyone's going to want to attend it. Um, but it is... It's been fantastic. We've delivered over 2,000 treatments over the last year. It's obviously come to a stop at the moment, but we will be restarting as soon as possible. We're going to be launching a telehealth service after Christmas. So that will be um, like this sort of um, setup. So people will come in, talk about their injuries, um, and then we'll set them exercise prescription to do at home, which will be really great. And again, that links back to what we're talking about, this education, educating patients, getting them to take that responsibility for the recovery. Um, and then long term, we will hope to hopefully reopen the clinic and long, long term, we would like to be externally facing so we can welcome people around Derby, come and see what we're about, see what the therapists are doing um, and show them how good our students are because they're doing some fantastic stuff. We're very, very proud of them. Jeanette, keep spreading the sports therapy love. Have a great day. Catch up soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. This is the part of the show where we take one of your questions and help you to get the most out of running. It is hashtag AskJake. And Pete wants to know how I was beaten by a man dr- dressed as a nun. Look, Pete, I, I said I'd tell you about this another time. <laughs> another time. I just... Jake, I use the hashtag AskJake. I want to know. That's what I want to know. It's another time now. Let's do it now. I've had a genuine hashtag AskJake in from Marcus who wants to know how long you need to recover after a race. Here's a few thoughts for you, Marcus. So it does depend on the length of the race. Two things, really. The length of the race, so the longer the race, the longer you need to recover, which makes sense, doesn't it? If you think about a sprinter, 
they may do two 100 meter heats in the same day because their distance is only 100 meters the stress level is not as high if you're running a marathon and racing a marathon then obviously you're going to need much longer the other thing to consider is if you treated the event as a race so you actually gave it everything if you just did a local 10k and you treated it like an easy run and you plotted around the stress level is obviously not as high therefore you don't need as much recovery time but to give you a bit of a rule of thumb it's probably best to go for one day of rest for every mile raced so in a half marathon which is 13 miles you're looking at around two weeks now that might sound like a long time but remember that doesn't necessarily mean you don't run at all it just means you bring the level right down and it isn't just your muscles your joints your ligaments that take a beating from races it's also your central nervous system it's the psychological side of you it's the it's the mind it's everything you need to rest and recover to be able to go again so one day's rest for every mile that you push in a race use that as a starting point and i don't think you'll go far wrong if you've got a question it's hashtag ask jake a genuine question or of course you can email is podcast at runningwithjake.com that brings us to the end of another episode of the Running With Jake podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure, as it always is. A massive thank you to our expert guest in sports therapy and rehabilitation, Jeanette Lewis. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. Don't forget, so that you never miss an episode, all you've got to do is press that little subscribe button on the podcast app on your mobile phone. And we will see you here next week for more running motivation. And I may even tell you about the nun. Really? Have a great week. Speak to you soon. Oh, and one more thing. Stay patient and trust the process. And if opportunity doesn't come knocking, man, just build yourself a door. 